Naimai, Heidi Mai, Kite Nehotaka, welcome to the panel. RNZ National Wallace Chapman with you now. Uh, the weather's hitting Tarafe District pretty heavily, so due to flooding, the following roads are closed State Highway 2, Matawai to Ormond, and State Highway 35, Okito to Ruatoria. Avoid the area and do delay your journey there. And to Karaka, residents are asked to self evacuate as the Waipawa River exceeds seven and a half metres. It's expected to rise further as heavy rain continues to fall, so the evacuation centre is at the school. We will update you with any details to hand. Coming up on the panel, uh, a petition of 36,500 signatures has been presented to Parliament this afternoon. Now, they want to stop bottom trawling in the Hauraki uh, Gulf Marine Park. Many might know uh, there is bottom trawling in the sparkling Hauraki Gulf. Also, searches continue for Titanic tourist submersive of the Titan. Our guest today says detecting or communicating with the Titan through seawater will not be easy. Stay with us for that. That at 4.35pm today on the panel. And what is lost to New Zealand society if we don't make other languages available to learn? Italian, German, Greek, Latin, all possibly discontinued at Victoria University. Did you learn a language? Languages at Varsity. Text me 2101. Did you find it any good? And let kids get bored. Is it good for them to be bored? Well, an article in the New York Times says, yes, it is. Let them be bored. Is it, though? I can recall getting bored, very bored, in the 70s. Text me, 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Nikki Bazant, journalist and author. Nikki, welcome. Kia ora, Wallace. And David Farham, editor of Kiwi Blog and owner of Curia Market Research, whose clients include the National Party. Kia ora, David. Good to be here. David, Nikki, joining us. Lovely to have them on board for the ride today. Now, if you missed the show live, remember that you can listen to the panel on iHeart, on Apple, on Spotify. To this first, back again, the North Canterbury Feral Cat Hunting Competition. Two months ago, it was cancelled amid a big backlash from animal rights activists. The news went international. Even UK comedian Ricky Gervais weighed in uh, and mocked the rules. Young hunters under 14 are being encouraged to kill as many wild cats as they can between now and June. It is set to run uh, tomorrow until June 25th. So with us is Head of Investigations for Safe NZ, Will Appleby. Kia ora, Will. Kia ora, Wallace. Feral cats kill an estimated 100 million birds in New Zealand every year. And here you are, Will on the panel, sticking up for cats. <laughs> well, yes. Um, we don't like to think of it as, a, um, as taking a side, really. Um, you know, we agree that um, cats are natural predators, and they do pose a significant risk to New Zealand's native wildlife, uh, much of which is threatened. That's not um, in dispute. We completely agree. Um, in our view, though, capturing and killing individual cats isn't a plausible long-term so- uh, solution. The feral... You know, 
Well, I mean, a cat's a cat at the end of the day. Feral, stray cats, domestic cats, they're all the same animal. Um, our concern is this competition um, is going to cause significant um, distress and potentially pain to these animals. Um, and it still runs the risk that someone's um, companion animal could be, um, could be trapped and killed as a result of right. the competition. Nikki. Yeah, my initial first reaction to this was surely there's a huge risk of someone's darling pet cat being caught. And I wondered about whether they're going to, how, how careful they're going to be about checking that. Like they need to really scan the cat, don't they, for a, for a microchip to absolutely make sure that it's not someone's pet. Well, well yes, that's right. And, um, um, and I think it's unlikely these, these hunters are going to be carrying microchip scanners. Um, unfortunately, it's not mandatory to um, have microchips in cats. Um, in New Zealand, which which we do think is a problem, um, but there still runs at risk that um, they're not going to be checking for microchips. Um, but even a, a someone's companion cat can act quite feral when it's trapped in a cage, um, and even some older cats can look quite feral as well. So um, there's some there's definitely some risks here, and the organisers have um, conceded that there still is a risk. What do you think, David Farrer? Well, where I live, we have some feral cats around. I live in a rural area. And you can't actually tell from first glance if they're domesticated cats. Not often, actually, you have to ask around and find out if it's one of the neighbour's cats. So, you know, and they don't have collars, most cats now, because you meant to get them microchipped. That's how you identify them. So I would be, likewise, very, very nervous that someone's uh, pet cat does get killed. Even without it being organised hunts, there was an instant a few months back or maybe a year or so where someone who was hunting possums accidentally killed or wounded someone's pet cat, which was hugely upsetting. So, you know, yeah, it's just... Isn't it, isn't it all of you, about the greater good here? You've got cats, feral cats, killing... Uh, 100 million birds in New Zealand annually will, uh, and if the odd, I hate to say it, and I hate to say it, if the odd pet Moggy, uh, if the odd pet Charlie or Chewy or Sandy, whoever, if the odd loved cat got caught in the crossfire, so what? Yeah, I'm well, not sure it's feral cats that do all the killing. I think, sadly, it's often actually the domesticated cats also. Um, but the thing is, look, I'm a cat owner. They are part of your family. It, 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 it is devastating when they die. So I don't think we can just be blasé. No one's arguing we shouldn't try to deal with feral cats. We try to catch them and then take them to the SPCA. Uh, but, you know, you have to weigh that if you, it might only be one in a hundred. Right. You've been kind wrong cats. Well, let's bring you in. Yeah, look, um, at the end of the day, um, things like this hunting competition, uh, it's ambulance at the bottom of the cliff stuff. Uh, we've been doing it for, for, for decades, and the, the problem is actually only, it's just getting worse. Um, what we need is, we need a national um, cat management strategy. Uh, things like um, mandatory desexing, mandatory registration and microchipping, um, stronger rules so people who do um, have cats as companions, um, that their cats are kept on their property. Um, we need stronger regulations around breeding because at the moment there's basically no rules for, for, for breeding um, and our cat, cat population is just getting out of control. Um, and I just have to say as well, I mean, we, 
this is a very emotive issue for a lot of people, um, and and people no doubt. do tend to take a side, right? People, you know, we've seen some um, rhetoric saying, you know, taking the sides of the native species or taking the sides of the cats. You know, we care about all animals, so it's about how can we protect all animals, including our native species, and taking into account the welfare needs of cats. Um, and what right. we need is long-term solutions, really. Are you a cat owner as well, Nikki Bazant? I have had cats in the past, yes. Yeah, I love cats. So you're a cat lover as I well? I am a cat lover, yeah. You're all cat lovers, well, all I three wonder, of you. Yeah, but mm. I do think that we that cat, cat owners probably do need to take more responsibility potentially. There's this idea, isn't there, of keeping cats inside, which is done, you know, routinely yeah. overseas with no, you know, the cats can be very happy living indoors or, you know, just having controlled access to the outdoors. I think we have this idea, don't we, that we have to let our cat outside, but we don't really in New Zealand, we could look at that, and that might be another way of protecting the yeah. wildlife. Well, needless to say, <laughs> there is a huge response on this. I bet there is. Uh, we love you, cats. As you can imagine, uh, Will. Um, I mean, it's very contentious, as you say, but uh, are, you, are you also pro-native birds? You, 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 as safe, you're for that as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the thought of, you know, what happens to these birds, to our native species, you know, the taong, right? It's it's terrible what's happening to our native species. And so, yeah, we're significantly concerned about that. Um, look, as Nikki's just pointed out, um, I've got a cat and he's an indoor cat and he has a great life. Um, and it's actually quite uncommon overseas for people to let their, their cats roam as freely as we do in Aotearoa. We're quite unique in that regard. So, um, yeah, I completely agree with Nikki. We do need to be taking more mm. responsibility for our companion animals and keeping them on our property. If they've got the right stimulation and enrichment, cats can have really happy lives on the property or inside our houses. Very good, Will. That's Will Appleby, Head of Investigations at Safe NZ, thinking that this uh, cat hunting competition is way uh, over the top. Here's one. Our farm's one hour from Christchurch and people dump heaps of cats there. We try and trap them. They are scrawny and feral. They fight with our own Tonkinese. They do huge damage. We are so far from the city that the hunting will not be uh, getting moggies. And um, interestingly, or perhaps not so, many of you have got in touch and saying how much you loved and love learning languages uh, at university, be it Latin, German, Italian, and such like Spanish. Keep those coming as well. Anyway, it is a time for I've been thinking. Nikki Bazant, what is your IBT today? I've been thinking about sitting on the floor. <laughs> which is a weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got a bit of a knee issue at the moment, which I'm rehabbing, and the exercises that I've been given require me to get down on the floor. And by coincidence, I'm researching for my for my new book, which is around health. And one of the things that is actually good for our health and good for our longevity, as it turns out, is spending time on the floor, which is really How interesting. So? How could that be good uh, when sitting, you've got a nice couch? Yeah, I know, but it, we spend too much time sitting in chairs and on couches, and it's not good for us. And sitting on the floor, as it turns out, is quite good for our posture. It's good for our flexibility. It's good for our um, our kind of mobility. And especially as we get older, there's a correlation between the ability to get up off the floor and longevity, how long we live. So if we can if we can get down and get up from the floor... It's a predictor of our long 
how long we're going to live. It's very hard getting off the floor. It's very interesting. Well, it gets harder as we get older if oh, we don't it? practice it, you know. And it's quite interesting because it occurs to me that as adults, in Western cultures anyway, if we and if we don't have like little kids that we get down and play with, we're not spending much time on the floor. And maybe we should be it. doing mm. that. Yeah, it's actually good for us. You spend time on the floor, David Farrell? <laughs> Not to, only when I fall over, really. Yeah. <laughs> and how good are you at getting up again? Not too bad, actually. Not too bad. When you have kids, you have to be agile. Yeah, you certainly do. Yeah, yeah. and so there's, just... there's a cultural aspect to that as well. I can remember going around to Nana's uh, from Fiji. Uh, beautiful couches. No one's sitting on them. Yeah, they're sitting against the couch on the floor in a big circle. Yeah, and a lot, and there's a lot of cultures where sitting down on the floor yeah. or on the ground is very um, is very normal and mm. practice. So it's just something okay. to think about. Maybe get, get down on the floor. There's from something time in to time. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not me, but thank you. All right, uh, David <laughs> Farah, I've been thinking. Yeah, I've been a bit dismayed about the latest with Mount Ruhapehu, where. Uh, for those who don't know, there was a vote of creditors, which includes Life Pass members. And there were two options. And basically, all the large creditors who were owed tens of millions voted for one option. And most of the life pass holders voted for another. And the rules were you have to have a majority of both the total number of people at the meeting, but also weighted by how much you're owed. And what it means is that it makes it very difficult for the company to open the CNL. Or it's going to be terrible for the region, but it's also means for the life pass holders, because there was no compromise, there wasn't any coming together between the two groups, they will now probably have the current company wound up and sold for or, uh, to the highest bidder, and there will be probably nothing for life pass holders. They will miss out entirely. So it just seems one of those somewhat tragedies that the life pass holders will miss out. People like me who like to go skiing probably the, won't get to do it this year, and it's going to be pretty terrible for the local community too. Terrible, uh, more like devastating. Uh, talk to a local reporter there saying it's the, they're in shock. They're in absolute shock. Ohakuni around the surrounding districts, yeah. um, massively reliant on those ski fields, David. No, not, I mean, not that will help. We've got a ski trip planned for August and we've decided it's with all the kids, three families. We're still going to go up even if the lifts aren't running. The kids can Good still play in the snow and the way. Uh, we'll stay there. But you, you need the international tourists. You need the, the mm. people who aren't there just for a family holiday but actually want to ski too. So, End yeah, of an era, really, isn't um, it? End of an era. Well, well, hopefully only for a year because yeah. at the end of the day, this new company, will buy all the chairlifts for maybe a dollar and they should be able to make a profit. It's just that until they get going, until you've got done, there's going to be nothing. Good on you. Uh, Here's one. I studied both French and German at university and I loved it. So grateful to have had the opportunity. Talking about the languages cuts at Victoria University this afternoon also.